Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, co-hosted by yours truly, Kate Richardson and Megan Pachecki. We're two registered dietitians here to make your life easier by debunking diet myths, sharing scientific information about nutrition, and keeping you motivated to reach your goals. We want to teach you everything we know by giving you real life examples of how we've helped our combined thousands of clients transform their lives, lose weight, and get healthy without having to go on another cookie cutter diet. On this podcast, we'll be giving you our best advice, strategies, and mindset shifts so you too can reach your goals using food and most importantly, enjoy the process. Okay, this is a really special episode because it's the first one I've recorded not alone for a while. Megan's here. There's more than just me here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. Okay. Well, because we're talking about nutrition before conception, nutrition for fertility, I can say that I'm pregnant. And at the time of this podcast, when it comes out, I will be officially out of my first trimester. I'll be 14 weeks. Yay! Yay! And I was really excited to do this podcast, not just because it's like the only thing I've been thinking about. <laughs> But I also had a client who was the first client I talked to or who I told um, I was pregnant. She made an appointment specifically because her and her husband are going to start trying for a baby in the new year. And she just wanted to make sure she was in the best shape possible and she had all of the information and tools and was as healthy as she could be for when she started. This is a really common thing, I think, of women in their 20s and 30s that we'll talk about during our first consultation is like, I want to be at my best health when we do decide to have a family. Even if it's a year or two years down the road, it's something that they're thinking about um, just way ahead of time. So, Which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you a little story time before we get into the information and the tips I think a lot of this I was just doing because I'm a dietitian and I'm a healthy person, but I was also not doing a lot of the things we're going to talk about, and I'll point out which ones I did and didn't do. So these are tips to just help you feel prepared to give your body the advantage, but every body is different, and I'm sure people who have been through that fertility journey or have seen people go through a fertility journey have seen somebody who literally takes zero care of themselves, maybe smokes cigarettes, drinks a lot, eats fast food, and has like eight kids. (laughs) And then somebody else who literally is the picture. Yes. Yep. And has, has difficulty. So it is way more complex than eat this, not that. But taking better care of yourself is not only going to help you, give you that advantage, 
while you're trying to conceive, but during pregnancy and then afterwards when you become a parent and you're going to need all these healthy habits and you're going to need a good understanding of how to take care of yourself because it's only going to be harder. And I'm sure, Megan, you can speak to that because you do have a kid. Yeah, and I do want to throw out the disclaimer before we even get started is not necessarily even clients, but friends and friends of friends I have seen get so stressed about what they're eating when they're having a hard time conceiving because it's like the one thing that's in your control is what you eat and so I don't want anyone to come out of this podcast thinking like it's all about what I eat and I can definitely like choose whether I get pregnant or not based on what I'm eating like it's not that serious but there are some things we can do to just make you healthier going into it but I don't want anybody to really stress about what they're eating because I've seen that go very wrong. In fact, that's the worst thing you could do is add more stress to your life when you're trying to do something that takes a lot of energy from your body. And I think it would be a disservice to people to just say stress less because that's really hard and stressing less isn't going to be like that magical thing that makes it happen for someone either. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are people who try really, really hard to conceive and they are stressed and it works. And then there are people who are calm and relaxed and they still have some trouble. So stress, is it helpful for con- uh, you know conceiving? No. Is stressing more about food helpful? Also no. <laughs> yeah, the question I tell people to ask themselves is, is this creating more stress or alleviating stress? So whatever it is, you just ask yourself, is this creating more or is this alleviating some stress? And that usually helps you to kind of make the decision of whether you need to continue doing it or not. One of the great examples of this, I think, is going gluten-free. I don't know why this is such a trend in the fertility space of going gluten-free, but I have seen it cause way more stress than I believe that it's worth, unless you do have something where you can't digest gluten. I wonder if it stems from the thyroid conversation maybe because there is some evidence to suggest that maybe if you have a dysfunctional thyroid that it might be harder for you to you know conceive and then when you talk about thyroid health there is that uh, thread of discussion about Mm gluten-free so i could see the the links that are made there Mm -hmm. but I don't know, I ate so much gluten <laughs> before it happened to me, and I've been eating probably the more most gluten I've ever eaten in my life during this first trimester, which we'll talk about on another podcast. So every body is different. I also never really thought I had an issue with gluten before. Like yeah, I didn't right. I wasn't having an inflammatory response. Right. If you're getting, you know, hives and itching and you get like a bloated distension after you eat gluten, then maybe you have a low grade and in, in, you know, response, but I can't say that would be like the thing that's going to change fertility for you. Yeah, so if someone has suggested to you to go gluten-free, I would ask that question. If by doing this, am I creating more stress in my life or do or is it alleviating it? Do I feel like I'm alleviating one thing that be, could be causing my infertility? Okay, I feel better about it. Or do I not really believe that it's causing it and it's really just making it a lot harder on me to eat food on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, if someone had asked me that and I was thinking of that question, question before I would have said it would have just been like another annoying thing I have Mm -hmm. to worry about I don't know if it would spike my cortisol levels but it would just be like another thing yep so everyone that's a good way to to think about it is it going to add more stress and speaking of that a thing that I don't usually recommend or wouldn't recommend for somebody who's trying to get pregnant in the near future or maybe actively trying to get pregnant is also pursuing weight loss Mm. and 
that's kind of a vague vague statement because you know one of the clients that I was was talking about she's only trying to lose like five pounds mm-hmm. uh, and we're not doing anything drastic to help her get there we're not going on any crazy diets because I don't want her to deplete her nutrient stores or add more stress to her life instead we're looking at healthy habits and making some simple swaps that most likely are going to bribe, uh, you know lead to a five pound weight loss or at least some bloat inflammation decrease Mm -hmm. that will make her feel like she's five pounds less Mm -hmm. but i wouldn't recommend somebody unless you know recommended by a medical doctor while they're actively trying to conceive do any kind of extreme diet in the name of weight loss yeah you don't really want to be lowering your calories under the amount that you're burning when you're trying to conceive because if you think about it I always go back to like caveman, hunter, and gatherer times to think about the reason why our bodies do certain things. But I mean, if there's not enough calories around, one of the first things to go is your period, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's your body literally saying, we cannot conceive there's not enough calories to go around for us to have another human to be able to feed another human. And so if you're indicating to your body that there's not enough food to go around to support another life, you're much less likely to be able to conceive. I can speak to that 100%. I've talked about this on that podcast before. In my early 20s, I didn't feel like I was under eating, but I was over exercising and not eating enough because I was trying to look a certain way, lifting heavy weights, burning a lot of energy, and I didn't have a period for 14 months. And it wasn't until I started cutting back on the burning of calories and burning of energy consistently until I got a regular period. So uh, this pregnancy, it was unplanned. It was unexpected, very much wanted, but unexpected. (laughs) And I'd always had in the back of my head, oh, I might have trouble when I do try to conceive because I went through such a long time of having amenorrhea. But it was simply because during that time in my life, I just wasn't eating enough to match my activity level. So in a similar vein, don't under eat and also don't push yourself right now to do more exercise unless you're going to meet those caloric needs so my, you know if you're trying to conceive it might not be the best time to do hell week at orange theory when you're going in and doing high intensity workouts five days a week yeah the other thing that i would recommend decreasing would be alcohol if you're trying to conceive or if you're trying to conceive and you're having difficulty this doesn't necessarily mean you have to completely decrease i mean decrease uh completely get rid of alcohol but decreasing it can help improve not only your egg quality but your partner's sperm quality so if you've got a partner who's consuming a lot of alcohol you might recommend that he slows down as well mm-hmm. agreed same with vaping yeah. i was listening to my favorite guy this is like the third time i've mentioned him today angie huberman <laughs> talking about all the detrimental effects on egg quality and vaping well, just in general, like anything that's causing inflammation in the body is something that you want to decrease when you're trying to conceive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but a little bit won't hurt. Like, don't stress if you're having a couple glasses of wine. You know, again, taking it out of your diet is always going to be better than adding it back in. But you don't have to be a crazy person about it if you enjoy a couple glasses of wine on the weekend. The other thing I'd recommend doing, especially if you've got some time between now and when you're trying to conceive, is putting on some muscle stores. You don't have to go in there and aim to become a bodybuilder. You don't have to try to gain a ton of muscle mass because that takes a long time anyway. But throughout my first trimester experience, I was really grateful that I had had muscle mass and that I had been in that habit of working out and lifting because I've barely worked out at all in the past i don't know from weeks five till now i'm at the time i'm recording this i'm 13. i think i've worked out in the gym 
six or seven times and they were half-ass workouts i mean sitting on the machine and just kind of doing the bare minimum because i was so exhausted so tired and i mean i'm just weaker your body's Mm -hmm. building a baby and a placenta and your organs are working overtime so lifting weights and exerting energy is hard and i just feel grateful that i had already been working out and training otherwise i would have felt just i would feel awful right now as i kind of come out of that first trimester funk. Yeah, I was extremely surprised at how much I was able to hold on to the muscle mass that I had built. And I mean, this was like a six year building of muscle. Right. And But I thought, okay, two, three months without it, I'm just gonna lose all of it. It probably stuck around for a good year afterwards. It's not here anymore, <laughs> but but it stuck around for a while. So that was, that was one of the cool things. I was like, oh, I didn't lose that all right away. It takes a while to lose muscle mass. I mean, Mm -hmm. it takes a long time to atrophy. I think somebody who might be more at risk for rapid decline of muscle mass would be somebody who has hyperemesis during pregnancy, which, again, you won't know until you get into the the thick of it. Uh, And that's where somebody is throwing up all the time, just constantly throwing up. Any time of day, they lie to you. They say it's in the morning. No, it could be any time of day where you get sick and throw up. And if you can't hold nutrient stores down, you can't hold protein down, your body would pull from muscle mass. Uh, I've been reading a lot of forums of other women who are in a similar time frame as me who are just losing a lot of weight. And it's not a good thing, um, but they're losing a lot of weight because of the hyperemesis. Mm-hmm. It's not a dangerous thing. Their baby's fine. They're just losing weight because they can't hold on to food. And some of that could be coming from muscle tissue. Mm-hmm. So you really don't know what your body's going to do when you go into pregnancy. But I just feel grateful that I did have some muscle mass. Yeah. And I feel I feel bloated and puffy, but I don't feel like I've lost muscle. Mm-hmm. I go in the gym and I'm not doing anything intense because I don't have the mental willpower. So I'm sure yeah. my strength has gone down a little yeah. bit, but not so much my body comp. Yeah, so I I think because I went into it thinking like, oh, if I take two weeks off of lifting, I'm so much weaker, that also means I'm losing muscle, but that didn't, that wasn't the truth. It was, yeah, I felt weaker, but I wasn't just losing muscle all over the place. Yeah, exactly. So part of that goes with eating adequate protein, eating adequate food. Um, Not only if you eat, you know, a wide variety of whole healthy foods, foods that contain actual nutrients, so you can think of these as nutrient-dense foods, you're going to just be having those stores in your body because if you go into the first trimester and you feel sick, or if you're like me, I'd get a little sick. I only threw up one, two times. One time something actually came out. Um, But I was just, a a lot of foods turned me off. Mm -hmm. I wasn't interested in eating a lot of protein. I love Greek yogurt. I eat it probably twice a day, but during pregnancy, I did not want anything to do with Greek yogurt. Protein powder even kind of weirded me out. Chicken, forget about it, except Chick-fil-A. I've definitely, Chick-fil-A chicken, probably because it's not high quality chicken, did it for me. So I was just glad that, you know, my diet was healthy before. And now that I'm feeling better, I have healthy habits that I haven't lost. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I was worried about that. I was like, is this going to change me as a person? Because... When I tell you, I felt like a, I don't want to say a hypocrite because I knew what's going on, but I wasn't eating the way I preach 
most days. Like, I had a few good days. <laughs> I had the exact same experience. Yeah, where yeah. literally, you know, I'm, like, talking to people and telling them to eat more vegetables, and then I come home and have buttered noodles for dinner. Yeah. With nothing. And this is probably more of the first trimester talk, but what I tell people now, having been through it, is you can only do what you can do. Like, there's no point in me giving you nutrition advice during your first trimester. There's just not, because your body is going to tell you what it can keep down, what you want, what you don't want. It doesn't matter if you have a perfect diet down to the T that you you want to follow it's just not going to happen for yeah. most people i'll have a good story that i'll save for the t- first okay. trimester podcast okay. that follows that but you know we can't talk about preconception and fertility without talking about prenatal vitamins start taking it now if yes. you're thinking about it at all <laughs> even if you're like this might happen just start taking it now build up your folate folic acid stores it takes a while to do that if you're depleted so just start doing it now and that's what i didn't do <laughs> And I can't lie, I'm a little anxious about it um, because I wasn't taking a prenatal. I wasn't taking any vitamins other than magnesium and fish oil down then. Mm-hmm. But if I could go back in time, that'd be the first thing I did. It was the first thing I did. The, I, the, I, the night I found out I was pregnant, the first thing I did the next morning was go and get a prenatal. Yeah. And prenatals could be very confusing when you go mm-hmm. in the aisle and you look at it or you search online. So I have a few recommendations for what to look for. And then I know you have recommendations for what you use too. Mm-hmm. But the first thing would be to, if you are concerned that maybe your body doesn't absorb folic acid, which some people's don't. Um, It's hard to know until you actually go get those levels checked. But you want to look for a prenatal that has an active form of folate with L-methylfolate or 5-methyltetrahydrofolate. Oh, baby. Yeah, big words. Those are just the active forms of folate that can be broken down and digested. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first prenatal I got does not have those active forms. I just kind of panic bought one Mm -hmm. and um, I think, I hope it's okay. Um, (laughs) But I also hate my first prenatal. I'm not really going to recommend it. It has 127% of the daily value of iron, which has rocked my stomach. It did have um, the other recommendation that we'll talk about here in a minute. It was one a day advanced, one a day advanced, and it really hurt my stomach. And then when I went on a trip with my boyfriend, and um, I forgot to take it one night. And the next day we drove home and I had no nausea, no pit in my stomach. <laughs> when you'd imagine being in a car for five hours, you'd be mm-hmm. sick and nauseous. So then I took it again the next day and the nausea was back really bad. So I've now flip-flopped that one with a gummy. And I, that is not what I'd recommend for most people. But I figured if I'm taking one that's got all the nutrients and then I flip-flop it with one that just has the folate, I'll be okay without mm-hmm. having to feel so sick every day. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The only one that didn't make me nauseous, so I bought probably four different ones because Lucky's was going out of business. Mm. And so I went and just bought four different ones because I had heard some might make you nauseous. Okay. The only one that I could take was Nature Made, the one that they sell everywhere uh-huh. uh, with the DHA soft gels. That was okay. the only one that didn't make me nauseous. Okay. And it's approved by Consumer Lab. Oh. So Okay, there we go. I didn't feel bad about it. It's cheap, super cheap. 
Um, there's another brand. I'm going to look it up while you're talking. I'll list that because I'm going to, after I finish my one a day, they were like 60 bucks. So I'm like, I'm going to finish these. Um, I'm going to flip flop to a better one. I was also looking at Thorn. Thorn has a really good prenatal that I think theirs is iron free, the Thorn one. But then you'd also want to take a separate DHA, which is the other supplement, at least while you're pregnant that you want to take but it doesn't help to take this be it doesn't hurt to take this before you get pregnant either i mean dha is um, an omega-3 that helps with cognition and brain development you want at least 200 milligrams of dha in your supplement some have up to 400 so thorn has a great prenatal and a separate dha prenatal you have to take them in two different pills the only thing to be aware of with the thorn is that it's three capsules a day that's a lot of capsules Mm -hmm. so if you are the type of person who gets nauseous taking things it's a lot of capsules to take i do recommend the thorn prenatal for like before conception because a lot of times people don't Mm -hmm. have as much issue so if you're of conception age like even if you're in college i'll have girls take this just because it has everything that Mm -hmm. you need in it but just being aware that it's three three pills to take but the reason for that is it does help absorption so if you could take one in the morning one in the afternoon and one in the evening that is a best case scenario for your body absorbing all the nutrients in there and that's why they do it that way but just know if you're not the type of person who's going to do that or you're not going to take three pills at once that's probably not the one for you but as far as quality goes that's probably one of the top that you can get did you find the other one um no not yet i'm gonna look at my previous orders on amazon while you do that, I'll mention um, the other supplement that I recently learned about. I actually learned this from my client and then looked into. There's a little bit of value to it. Um, it's CoQ10. So CoQ10 is a coenzyme, and it's involved in the energy production of all the cells. So there's been studies that show it helps um, with egg quality. As you age, your egg quality can decline. So if you're concerned about that, then CoQ10 doesn't hurt, and it can also be beneficial for supporting ovulation. Interesting. That's not something that I took during or was aware of at all. So the prenatal is called Diva, D-E-V-A. It's one of the cheaper ones that you can get on Amazon. It's $15 for 90 tablets. And the reason I came across this is because it was rated number one in Consumer Lab for having everything that a woman needs during the preconception and conception period, other than the DHA, obviously, which you have to take separately. Okay, I might look into that one because I already have a separate DHA. And I kind of feel like now that I'm in my second trimester almost, I'll be able to tolerate some more intense prenatals because in the beginning, like the nausea just, it was a lot. It was just hard to function. And I didn't even have it as bad as other women do. So yeah, yeah, it does take some trial and error. I have a client who's currently taking an iron-free prenatal because it constipates her to mm-hmm. take a lot of iron. Mm-hmm. In it's not uncommon to have a lot of GI distress, including constipation, during pregnancy, especially in the early days of pregnancy. So if you're having constipation, you can switch to an iron-free. If you're not worried about your iron stores, you might have mm-hmm. to get those checked and chat about that with your doctor. Um, if you're taking an iron prenatal, like a prenatal that has a lot of iron, I swear by taking magnesium glycinate. Okay. You have to take the glycinate form. It's very gentle on your digestive system. I've had zero issues with constipation on the days I remember to take my magnesium glycinate at night. Yeah. On the days I don't, it's kind of a toss-up. Yeah. So my magnesium glycinate, I take 400 milligrams. It's a great way to just relaxes the digestive muscles, help things move along. Iron's known to be 
something that constipates you, so it can be helpful. I was even reading a study, and I don't want to get into this too much, that taking magnesium every day also just helps with um, anxiety around pregnancy because yeah. you can have yeah. a lot of anxiety. Yeah, um, there's I, legit studies behind that, yeah. for sure. Yeah, but I don't think I suffer from anxiety the same way, so I don't feel like I'm the best person to recommend a supplement for anxiety, mm-hmm. just me personally. Um, there's definitely some studies behind that, but also if you do get pregnant and have a baby, you're going to need mag- magnesium afterwards for your bowel movements, so just buy that <laughs> right now and just have it on hand. <laughs> FYI. So I'll make sure I list the prenatals that we talked about in the show notes because I know that's a lot. Also, I know, Megan, you have a blog post about what you wished you knew during the first trimester on our website, orlandodietitian.com. So you can look at that. You mentioned just a few links and and stuff. I looked at that. That was one of the first things I looked at because <laughs> I didn't even tell you until a week ago. Yeah, it's like one of the she things. She keeping a secret for three months. I would like show up in the office and just like not look at you. <laughs> I thought she was avoiding me. No. Well, I didn't find out till five weeks, so it was only two months. Okay. <laughs> that makes it better. The last thing I want to talk about, and then I think we're going to record a first trimester podcast that will be probably a little bit shorter and less science-y, is get in the habit of hydrating. If you're not good at drinking water, it's going to be a rough road for you when you do get pregnant. So get in the habit of drinking water, carrying a water bottle with you, having water at meals, because during this first trimester, I have been three times as thirsty as I ever was. <laughs> I'm so thirsty all the time because your body is just using a lot. And you're making a baby that's made of water and your amniotic fluid. Like, it's all water. So yeah. if you're not in the habit of drinking water, you're going to be in for the curveball. Yeah. And that's it. That's all I have. Anything else you want people to know about preconception, mm, fertility? I think we covered all the important stuff. You know, take the prenatal, do as many um, anti-inflammatory foods as possible, cut mm. out the things that are causing inflammation if you can. We, we didn't really touch on that too much. Okay. Well, let's just for like a, we talk about anti-inflammatory foods a mm-hmm. lot. When you say anti-inflammatory foods, what do you mean? I mean nuts and seeds, so things that are high in those omega-3 fats, your fatty fish, anything that's green or anything that's high in antioxidants, so your raspberries, your kale, your baby spinach, arugula, um, blueberries, what else? Avocados. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Things that have healthy fat in them are things that are high in antioxidants. Yep, yep. Because, again, during that first trimester, you might not want to eat that. Right. (laughs) That's okay. Right. Um, and then just like having an overall healthy diet, like those foods should be included every single day. Yep, absolutely. And if you're concerned about weight loss, if you're focusing on eating more of those anti-inflammatory foods, those can contribute to feeling fuller on less food, which could result in weight loss. It's a lot more complex than that. I'd recommend hooking up with one of our dietitians if you want to chat about that, you know, weight loss um, while trying to conceive, how to focus on eating more of those healthy foods, and really pinpointing what direction you need to go in to get you at a healthy weight if that is a concern for you and your doctor. But again, would not recommend any crash diets. I wouldn't recommend fasting. That was one thing. My client that I talked to, she was just fasting in the morning because it's just what she did. And then coming home and snacking and binging and eating a bunch of stuff. Even though she was a really healthy weight, there was no reason to put that stress on her body. And then she was making suboptimal choices later. So I would not fast while trying to conceive. I don't know if this has happened to you. I don't know if it's just the age range that we talk to, but how many clients have you had where you're one of the first people that they tell 
that they're pregnant because they come in they don't come in for that and they come in they're like yeah, maybe i don't know and then they come in they're like so i have news yes oh my gosh wait i have the best story with that i had a guy come in he was in his late 30s early 40s and he came in just looking tired and we sit down it's like 8 a.m and i was like what's up what's new with you he paused the longest pause i was like is he i thought is he was something wrong and then he looks at me he goes my girlfriend's pregnant <laughs> And I was like, what? Because we just found out. And so, like, I know she just had the baby, like, a month ago. And I've been, like, loving the journey that Uh he's been going on. But I was like, oh, it's the most exciting thing ever. And I was Uh the first person he told he had just found out the night before (laughs) was in utter shock. Still showed up. I was like, how do we talk about anything else right now? Yeah. But I love that. So, Mm -hmm. hey, if if you're pregnant and want to talk about it. (laughs) Because I wanted to talk about it with everyone. But No, I mean, because we work our magic and now you're eating better and then all of a sudden it just happens for you <laughs> I'm, like, I'm just kidding yeah not, I'm, just I'm just saying. kidding i'm just kidding Please. don't take that seriously yeah, but it has happened more times than i can count yeah uh, i know i love it well that's all i gotta say about fertility uh all of our contact information is in the show notes so if you do want to make an appointment or you want to send us a dm or if you want leaks to any of the products that we talked about today I'm going to do my best to list all of those out in the show notes, but if there's something that you're not sure about, just send us a direct message on nutrition.awareness.com and we'll get back to it. Or Instagram, nutrition.awareness on Instagram. All right, we'll talk to you later. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. And if you did find it helpful and want to share it with the whole world, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram in your stories at nutrition.awareness so we can connect with you. To get notified about the next episode of Nutrition Awareness, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And to create your own personalized nutrition plan with us, be sure to schedule your virtual or in-person consultation on our website, www.orlandodietitian.com. Now get out there, fuel up, and live your healthiest life. We'll see you on the next episode.